0: Sometimes we laugh sometimes we cry But I guess you know now Baby Guests appear on the Smile Center to Now back to the Gabe Coon sooner. Show Live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Baby. Studios On 92.9 FM ESPN We took a ESPN. trip now we're now your block And it's like a ghost town Baby Where did he be at when they
1: said it going out It's not it Filling in for Gabe Coon today I'm Steve Sparky Pfeiffer Thanks for uh, hanging out with us here on a Thursday. It is that time to we'll be joined by our guy Ryan Horvat from Bet MGM tonight, part of the BetQL Radio Network, of course the Bet locally here in Memphis, our sister station. Make sure to check him out there with Trisha Crick uh, and Nick Ashu. Ryan, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Uh, Thursday night football, it's the Bears and Washington uh, coming up tonight. Uh, that's the game of interest. Washington, obviously, according to BetGM, as I'm looking at it, a six-point favorite. Uh, In this one, uh, what do you like in tonight's game?
2: Yeah, this opened, you know, and there were some sevens that popped. And I actually like the Bears. Anything over a touchdown, which is disgusting. At six, it's kind of just a stay away. There's a couple of player props that I really do like. You know, you have the Bears on a 14-game losing streak. They've given up at least 25 points in all 14 games. It's a short week for the Commanders, and they're coming off a tough loss to the Eagles. I thought they should have actually went for the two-point conversion to win that game. And then you have Justin Fields, though. The reason I kind of like the Bears, Justin Fields played pretty good last week. You know, he's coming off his best passing game of his career. He was the seventh best quarterback last week as far as EPA for play. His completion percentage was 18% over expectation, nine completions over 10-plus air yards. So he was actually pushing the ball down the field. And we finally got to see him in the pocket a little bit because their offensive line is getting a little bit healthier. They got Nate Davis back last week. They're getting Tevin Jenkins back most likely tonight. They're getting a little bit healthier. Darnell Wright. He gets better every single week and the commanders, the defense, they do give up explosive plays. You know, on paper, they look pretty good, but their secondary. They're 24th right now in EPA per pass allowed. That's their biggest issue. Um, The reason I don't feel great about the bears at the current price though, they got their own injuries, right? There was now Eddie Jackson. They don't have Johnson in their secondary, but one player prop I like if you don't want to get involved with this game tonight, which I completely understand. We saw this in primetime last season. I don't think 19 combined points were scored. I like Justin Fields over 45 and a half rushing yards. It's minus 130 right now over at BetMGM. I was talking about him staying in the pocket, but I also think he's going to have to use his legs, and this might be the opportunity. Washington's given up the third most rushing yards to quarterbacks this season. And Fields, even though he's staying in the pocket a little bit more, has had at least 46 rushing yards in six of seven games last season when he went against these bottom 10 teams defending quarterback runs. So I like that one. And then I like uh, Terry McLaurin over 60 yards receiving because of those injuries in the Bears secondary. And that might be the better way to go because these are two really bad teams, in my opinion.
1: Uh, yeah, I would say so. I, I I'll say this. We're going to have, um, <laughs> this is the thing that I want to point out. And I brought it up earlier with Tom Kesenik. Uh We were talking some fantasy football earlier in the show. I went and picked up Sam Howell tonight and benched Dak Prescott in Fantasy Horvath.
2: Ooh, I actually don't know that I like that move, to be honest with you. I think Dak is going to have a big, uh, a big game this weekend. I was actually just looking at this, right? Like, so let's just jump into this one really quick because I love the Cowboys this week. They're four point underdogs, actually down to three and a half. I bet them pretty big today. So, 49ers to beat the Cowboys in the playoffs the last two years. Two awful play calls to end the season for you know both losses for Dallas. Cowboys offense on paper doesn't look perfect. Um, you know too many short throws. In fact, if you look at D- uh, Dak right now, only Bryce Young is throwing shorter uh, right now. So I think they're going to open things up though because the offensive line for Dallas is getting a little bit healthier finally. Uh, Also, Brandon Cooks is getting a little bit healthier. Michael Gallup out of nowhere has had two back-to-back 60-yard receiving performances. And if you strip away garbage time, you know, which other than the Arizona game, Dallas has been blowing all these teams out. Most of their games are in garbage time. But if you wipe that away and you look at the metrics, Dallas is 6th in EPA per play and 3rd in success rate. It's actually a pretty good offense. And if you strip away garbage time for the San Francisco 49ers on paper, and like, you know, if you listen to the national media, everybody talks about this defense being top five. Strip away all the garbage time right now. They can't stop the run. They're 28 in EPA per rush allowed. That's like Green Bay Packer type numbers. And then they're... um, Also playing the sixth easiest schedule of offenses. Even the past game, like Dobbs for Arizona graded out really well against the secondary, and there was a bunch of drops for the Cardinals wide receivers. Right now, really only one good cover corner for San Francisco, and that's Trevarius Ward, and he's dealing with an injury. I think the Cowboys' offense might have some success, especially with the 49ers' defense a little bit beat up. And their secondary, not very good. And this is going to be the best defense that Brock Purdy's seen you know, all season. They beat the Cardinals, the Rams, Pittsburgh, and, and the Giants. Their offensive line, other than Trent Williams, really shaky. Nobody's talking about that. The right side's a mess. The right guard, Spencer Buford, ranked 92nd out of 94 guards in pass blocking. And now you're going against this Dallas defense who figured some stuff out last week after, you know, losing one of their best corners and digs. Um, I like Dallas in the game, and I would actually try to get Dak back. I think he might have a big game. I think the issue for Dak in the red zone has been they're really missing. Um, That dominant big red zone tight end that he's always had, you know, and I think maybe they get Jake Ferguson finally going because he had seven receptions. He caught all seven of his targets last week.
1: I appreciate the advice. I didn't cut Prescott. I just simply put him on a bench because I didn't have a backup quarterback. uh, Anyhow, so I started Sam Howell who I'm going to continue to start, even with your advice, because the Bears' defense can't stop anybody until I see otherwise. I just think it's the best play to play against the Bears. So you're rolling Cowboys uh, against the Niners in that one. How about the Nathaniel Hackett revenge game uh, with our guy Zach Wilson at quarterback taking on the god-awful Denver Broncos?
2: Here's my narrative game of the week. I bet the Broncos on the money line, minus 125 because um, I know Zach Wilson looked pretty good in primetime when everybody was watching. Everybody was watching for Taylor Swift, of course, too. And uh, so now the narrative is, hey, Zach Wilson's not too bad. I I still don't think Zach Wilson's very good. And there's also this narrative that this Jets defense is good. And actually... Man, they're bottom 10. They're, they're 20th right now in most metrics. They're not a top five defense. I think a lot of it has to do with they're on the field nonstop because it's three and out after three and out. You know, what's the motivation going to be if there's another loss, especially because I know Aaron Rodgers wants to come back this season, but if they're 1-8, 1-9, and, eight, one and nine, what's he coming back to, right? And the Broncos have looked awful defensively. Also crazy. They're not good. Like last year, that was a top 10 defense. We've seen them give up 70 points already this season to the Miami Dolphins. But all that said, here's my narrative, right? Sean Payton talked a bunch of trash about Nathaniel Hackett uh, calling it a disaster. He has to win this game. I was joking with my good buddy Bart today. I said, this should be like a celebrity death match, like a WWE, WWF. They used to do these things I called like death matches where the yep. loser would have to leave the federation. I think that if Sean Payton loses this to Nathaniel Hackett after calling him a disaster, he has to leave the NFL, and if Hackett leaves, the pay you know loses the Payton, the whole staff has to go. But I like the Broncos here in this spot, you know, at home. That's always a tough place to play, Denver. And uh, if they lose, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there, man, because Russell Wilson hasn't looked very good. But I actually think Denver figured some things out. Granted, it was against the Bears. They rally in the second half. Maybe they're feeling, hey, we got something to play for now that we actually have a win under our belt. So I'm going to go with the Broncos
1: here. A uh, big rivalry game: Steelers uh, and the Ravens. Kenny Pickett uh, a little dinged up. Matt Canada is horrible at his job as an offensive coordinator. Uh, they take on Baltimore, who's got a new offense. Uh, What's I Munkin there as the offensive coordinator? Lamar Jackson looked really good last week. What say you in this one?
2: Yeah, Lamar's looked really good, um, really damn good last week. He actually had the second highest completion percentage in the NFL. Um, actually that's all season second highest completion percentage in the NFL this season. But what I liked last week was he was actually pushing the ball down the field, right? Um, you know, what's crazy Lamar's played 19 teams in the NFL two or more times, including the Steelers. This is only the third time though, that he's seen them, even though they're a divisional opponent, because he's always injured in this game. He has his worst rating against the Steelers, but I actually think he's going to have some success because this Steelers defense is not as good as everybody you know makes them out to be. I talked about this on our show last night. I feel like the Steelers are one of those teams that's kind of just living off name, right? Like T.J. Watt's great, but right now that pass rush, when they're not getting home, they're getting exposed in that secondary. They got some young guys like Joey Porter Jr. Uh, they got some old guys in that secondary. Right now that defense, not as good as it's been in years past. And on the offensive side of the ball,
0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: Like Pittsburgh, as crazy as this sounds, if Mitch Trubisky was going to be the starting quarterback. But
0: oh, get out of Mick here. Don't oh, stop. Mitch well,
1: Trubisky. We, oh, God. Yeah.
2: Oh, no, it's you know, crazy. Look at, every, look at every single metric. Oh. There's there's not a dip off in the quarterback play. There's this narrative that pickets so much better. And it's because he's younger. And it's because we know what Mitch Trubisky's ceiling is. We don't know what Pickett's stealing is, but we've seen his floor, and we've already seen it this season. He's not grading out very well. Trubisky's not good. I'm just saying if I want to bet the uh, the Steelers to cover four points, I need a quarterback that can move around. Because the other problem with Pittsburgh, the offensive line is not very good. The play calling for Matt Canada has been so bad that he had to create a burner account to defend himself. They're not able to push the ball down the field. With a bad offensive line, I want a quarterback that doesn't have a huge knee brace on, that could barely move around. At least Trubisky could get out of the pocket. All this to say, everybody's going to bet the Steelers, and it makes sense. Because there's been, you know, if you look at the last 21 matchups, where there's been a spread more than three in this game. What I'm trying to say is these games are always close. It always comes down to a field goal. There's been 21 instances where this has been more than a field goal. And if you just took the dog, he would have covered 20 times. It always comes down to be in a field goal game because these teams know each other so well. They're always low scoring games, but if you're ever going to take the favorite, I think it's this year. I think Baltimore is the much better team. I like Baltimore to win 12 to 13 games if they could stay healthy, which already they can't stay healthy, unfortunately, but I do like them a lot. So I'm going Baltimore here in this spot.
1: If you're just tuning in, we're uh, talking with Ryan Horvath of bet MGM tonight. And of course uh, you can also listen to bet MGM tonight uh, weeknights on the bet Memphis. Uh, and it is the place to be, right? You got the games going on. Uh, and then you're watching BetMGM or listening to BetMGM tonight or maybe catch them on YouTube as well with Trisha Crick uh, and Nick Ashu. Let's talk uh, about one more NFL game before we go to college. And the way I believe in doing this with Ryan Horvath is I ask Ryan, pick the games. Tell me which games we can help make some people some money on. And these are the games that we're going over that he picked outside of the Thursday night football game. That one was on me. Chiefs and Vikings. I'll be honest. I have zero interest in this game. I don't see how it's close.
2: Oh, I actually like the Vikings to keep it close. Um,
1: Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I got to take the
2: points here, which I've already got the closing line value. I bet the Vikings at five and a half, they took a sharp buy. So they're down to four. I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but I'm saying Minnesota still a tough place to play. Obviously the pass defense is a huge issue for the Vikings. The chiefs are going to score some points. This might be a game where you just take the over, you take your favorite player props and, you know, you sit back and you stay away from the side or you just take the Chiefs because there's a better team, but it's not always that easy, you know, and I don't bet teams, I bet numbers. And I'm taking the points here with the Vikings because if they lose this game, their season is over. They might look to move Kirk Cousins. He's not going to be there next year. Let's see if a team like the Jets actually comes calling a team that wants a veteran quarterback. I would love to see Kirk Cousins go to Atlanta. I'm not saying he goes to Atlanta and the Falcons win a Super Bowl, but I'm saying he could go there and win 10 games in that division and maybe win a playoff game in the NFC this year. But, uh, or die game for the Vikings. I do think that they're going to be able to have some success on the offensive side of the ball. I think it's going to be another big game for Justin Jefferson. He's attempting to have a record-breaking season. Minnesota, their issue, they can't run the ball. So it's going to come down to, can they protect Kirk Cousins in the pocket? He's going to have to get rid of the ball quickly, push it down the field, hopefully have some success with guys like Jordan Addison, who's having a strong rookie season. But I'm going to take them to cover. I'm not saying they win the game, but, yeah. And then the narrative I'll use is, Travis Kelsey was distracted because he's been spending all this time with uh, Taylor Swift. Uh,
1: yeah, we've talked about that the last couple of days, this whole Taylor Swift thing. I love the line of, yeah. I don't bet teams, I bet the numbers. That is a, that's, That could be a t-shirt at this point. Uh, let's talk about Oklahoma and Texas. Oh, buddy, history says this should be a good one, but Texas is pretty good. Yeah, history says this should be like a high-scoring game, but
2: I'm going to take the under as crazy as that sounds, 60-and-a-half. I lean Texas. The problem is this opened up at four and a half. Now we're at six and a half. If this gets to a full touchdown, I might take Oklahoma. It's funny. It's also chalky. I bet both of these teams to go over their win total. I think both of these teams, I think I said, whoever wins this game, like whoever loses this game, I guess I should say that'll be their only loss this season in conference play. I was a little bit down on the big 12. I know it's Texas's last year, Oklahoma's last year. So they're going to get everybody's best shot here. But, uh, Man, like Oklahoma hasn't really played anybody, but their defense is much better year two for Venables. Actually, a top 10 defense. Now, this is going to be the best offense they've seen, but I was really high on Texas coming into the year. I played Quinn Ewers to win Heisman. He's only thrown one interception. It came last week against Kansas in a game that they dominated regardless. The offense is so good for Texas, right? They got Xavier Worthy in the wide receiver room. One injury to pay attention to is their stud tight end might miss this game. But even if he does, they finally figured out the run game last week. And then Texas also has a top 10 defense. So even though it's the red river shootout, I think it might be a defensive battle and uh, it's seven. I would like Oklahoma, but anything under a touchdown, I just think Texas is really, really good. And then after, or if Texas wins this game, I think they should be the number one team in the nation because even if Georgia's unbeaten, I don't think anybody has a better resume. Georgia hasn't played anybody even after they beat Kentucky this week and Texas would now have victories over Alabama and, uh, you know, a road game here over Oklahoma. So I like Texas a lot, but uh, but man, like, I think it's going to be a closer game and I think it's low scoring. So the under is the play for me, 60 and a half.
1: How about a West Coast game, UCLA uh, and Washington State that has been rolling, ranked 13th in the country, uh, UCLA not ranked at all, but it's at UCLA.
2: Yeah, so I'm a Notre Dame guy, but I'm also a Badger guy. And I was really worried about, like, the Luke Fickle era, even though it just began, because I bet them to win nine games this season. And they lose to Washington State. And I was not high on Washington State coming into the season, even though I like their quarterback, Cam Ward. But they're really good, man. They haven't lost a game, Cam Ward. I mean, like, look, look what he's doing right now offensively. Um, you really can't stop their passing attack. But I don't know that they're going to be able to run the ball against UCLA people think UCLA and chip Kelly you think like high scoring offense you saw it even in their only loss to Utah a couple weeks ago they have the number one scoring defense in the pac 12 this is the best defense chip Kelly's had and I liked him a couple weeks ago against Utah but their quarterback's a true freshman he's a five-star Dante Moore he was making his first road start in one of the toughest environments to play in the country now he's home in this game I think they're going to be able to run the ball I actually like UCLA, and I think that's why that number's up to three and a half. Um, you know, maybe you wait, see if it gets back down to three. But I do like UCLA. I think they're a very underrated team in the Pac-12, and they're doing it right now with their defense. They also have two stud running backs. Uh, one's name is Carson Steele. He's averaging seven yards per carry. He's one of my favorite players in college football. Also has a pet, ele- uh, pet alligator, too.
1: Oh, nice. I yeah, saw what, a little fun game, what game was it? Was it the Phillies baseball game? Did you see that story? I think it was a Phillies baseball game. Somebody tried to bring in their pet alligator on a leash and said it was a service alligator. Uh, And they obviously didn't let that person in. Yeah. You know, like a service dog. Right. If you can't see or whatever the case may be, Uh, they were claiming it was a service alligator that they were trying to get into the stadium. Or ever heard of such a
2: run so fast. No, and I'm I am terrified of, of of them. I I would run so fast. I wouldn't want really? to be anywhere near a damn alligator.
1: Just walking around the parking yeah. lot with her service alligator, trying to get in, trying to get into the stadium the other day. Uh, Alabama and Texas A&M. Alabama uh, is not the dominant Alabama of old. Uh, obviously, a little budding rivalry between coaches here between A&M and Alabama. Uh, what say you on this one?
2: Yeah, I like A&M. You know, it's always scary betting against. Alabama and you know Saban's going to want to win this game I don't know if he has the horses to win this game defensively Bama's still really good like they're grading out just as well as they did last year and that was with uh you know Will Anderson who was the number two pick in the draft so Bama's defense is not really the issue even though you can hit them with explosive plays they got good cover corners they got Kool-Aid McKintree who will be a pro problem for Bama this year is the offensive side of the ball I was so excited about their offensive line on paper and like coming out of the tunnel, they look like they should be the best offensive line in the country. Uh, Unfortunately though, they're not getting any push with the running backs. They're not really able to run the ball right now. They got some stuff figured out finally the last couple weeks. This is no longer a passing offense. This is no longer like the two offense, the Bryce offense, Tommy Reese has had to adjust on the fly. And this is all design quarterback stuff because, you know, Jalen Milrow is really a one read guy. If he has to go to a second read, he makes a ton of mistakes, but he could throw the deep ball and he could use his legs still though, man, like AM's run defense, top 10 in the country, top five in the country, their stuff rate, top five in the country. Um, you know, their secondary can be exposed. We saw that in that Miami game, but I just don't think Bama has the horses at wide receiver to take advantage of it. So I like a and here. Even with, and I know a lot of people will make the case for Bama because a and playing their backup quarterback, but their backup quarterback Max Johnson, who has you know a ton of career starts. He's actually seen Alabama before. He's one of the better backups in the country. They lost their starter, Connor Wegman. Uh, the only thing that scares me there a little bit is Wegman's a little bit more mobile, could use his legs a little bit more. Max Johnson's more of a statue in the pocket but I still like A&M. They got some really good weapons at the wide receiver position. So I think they beat Alabama and we're sitting here looking at an Alabama team with two losses already.
1: There he is, Ryan Horvath. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. Of course, uh, Bet MGM tonight, weeknights uh, from right about now. He took some time off from his show to come on over and do this. Uh, he'll be out until 10 o'clock tonight with Trista Crick, Nick Ashu, and himself. Uh, and again, uh, obviously, all you have to do is go over to 790 The Bets, uh, switch the channel, and you can go listen to them up until 10 o'clock. You'll be entertained. They're funny. They're knowledgeable, and they'll make you some money uh, along the way. Ryan, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, coming up next after a quick timeout, we'll hit the blitz. Speaking of Alabama, Evan Neal, somebody that went to Alabama in the Giants draft and made a bunch of stupid comments. We'll talk about that. And Joel Embiid is going to play for Team USA. Is it really that big of a deal like everybody's making it out? We'll discuss that next. And the Gabe Kuhn Show, Steve Sparky for filling in on 92.9 FM ESPN.